Helping Hand podcast. My name's Pauline Shannon. I'm a mother of three and a reflex integration therapist. Each week I will be meeting someone who helps children and families. I will be asking them what they do and how they do it. We will learn how different therapies can help, how to choose which is right for you and how to find them when you need them. Hello. Today I'm talking to Kathy White from Joyful Parents. Kathy's based in Canada but offers support to parents in the UK. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you for joining us all the way from Canada. Do you want to kick off by telling us what is it you do and how are you able to support parents from such a distance? What do I do? Well, with Joyful Parents, I use my um, main tool is, is questioning beliefs with parents about how they're thinking about their child, what beliefs they've inherited from maybe their parents and how they were parented what beliefs they might have picked up from society. There's lots of shoulds around parenting. And what I do is I unpack with parents what it is that they're actually believing and then looking and seeing if it serves. And then I have a tool, a technique, which we actually question those beliefs. And that tool's called the work of Byron Katie and I'm a certified facilitator in that methodology. But the basic thrust of it is if you're stressed about your, your, your child or how you are as a parent, then yes, you can do all sorts of outward changes. You know, you can try and put in more routines or be a bit more disciplined or maybe lax up on some of the discipline things that you're doing. And, you know, you can change things and you can adjust things. You can look at bedtime hour and, you know, schedule yourself more relaxed. You can you can be more engaged with your child and everything else. But if you're still thinking that they're a problem, then none of that is going to have any effect. I was particularly keen to speak to you because I think parents are missed. There's a lot of effort goes into children and there are lots of things you can do, but often the whole family needs supported. So when I saw that you worked with parents, I was really keen to let people know more about the options available. How did you get into it? What led you to working specifically with parents? Yeah, well, I mean, basically as a parent myself. So I... Years and years ago now, <laughs> showing my age, um, my first child was stillborn. And that led me into just a whole slew of beliefs and thinking about, you know, I took it personally, I thought it was my fault. I thought that I wasn't a good enough mother. And that's, that's not unusual. Did. You can't be the only one who felt yeah. like that. Exactly. That's why he died. That something I did, some food I ate, some, you know, thing I was thinking or so, you know, I created this. And I think, you know, when people get into you create your own reality, when tragedy happens, that it's a really unhelpful, unhelpful way of looking at the world. You know, sometimes things happen and we don't know why. And yeah, so that's what happened to me. So then I, I was in this really weird space of being a parent, but not being a parent at the same time. 
And then fast forward, you know, I did a lot of inner work. I did a lot of healing and everything else. And that in that period of time, I came across the work of Byron Katie. And I did a lot of questioning of my beliefs around Ben's death and being a parent and everything else. And so I, I felt really ready for kids when I got pregnant again. And oh man when i had my first live child it was like whoa hang on a minute <laughs> i th it was it was just a slap in the face it was a shock i was i was just absolutely floored and because this was something that i had so wanted and because i'd had the tragedy of this stillbirth and this child that had died i, I doubly wanted it and then I felt I was I was just miserable and I was failing so badly. And and every little thing my daughter did was I was wrong or she was wrong. And we, 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 we were just not not in a good space. And then when my son came along four years later, I was like, oh, my God, we're starting all again with the whole baby thing and oh, the sleepless nights. And but all the way through, I had a coach, I had a mentor who was really helping me with my thinking about my parenting thoughts, thinking about my children, judging my children, letting myself say, you know, my, my daughter's a real terror um, or my daughter is really annoying. She's so disobedient or whatever it was, the thought that I was thinking and then questioning it and turning it around and get, finding freedom, finding peace by the time my son came along and that started to work with him very quickly and I you know I've been through this sort of struggle period with my daughter then I just started people started asking me about the work and parenting and then I just started developing it and then offering my services as a coach specifically to parents because I was like this work of Byron Katie works with parenting so well and then in 2012, I think it was, or 2013, I got a grant from the School of Social Entrepreneurs to set up a social enterprise. And that was Joyful Parents. And uh, then I worked, I started working much more online, even then, <laughs> back in the day, um, with, with parents coaching them. And then when I moved to Canada three years ago, it was like, oh, well, actually, this works really well because many parents want to work, want, want to speak to me in the evenings when they finished work. And for me, that's my morning time in Canada. And so, you know, I'm not working my evenings, but parents are getting the support they need in their evenings if I stay in touch with my, my UK clients. So... Um, yeah, so that's that's sort of the the trajectory, the the journey of how I got into to parent coaching. But yeah, it was from my own my own story, really. Can you describe a bit more about how you do what you do? You you mentioned the method a couple of times. I've not quite caught the name of it. Yeah, the work of Byron Katie. Byron Katie. Yeah, Byron Katie is a Californian woman who basically was spiraling down she had deep 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 depression couldn't she was agoraphobic she couldn't get out of the house and she was in a halfway house for women with eating disorders that was where her insurance company put her you know how these things work in the united states so she ended up there um 
and uh, she was very in a really bad state mentally. And then she just had what I guess in spiritual terms would be said as a, an awakening. And she, she, she woke up one day and she realized that the cause of all her suffering had been her thinking. And these questions came, came to us. So, I mean, I, I could walk you through the process because it's very quickly. If you, if you Pauline had a, a thought about being a parent or your, your, your children, um, I'm assuming you have kids. I have three children. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Otherwise you wouldn't be in this business probably, no. but anyway, um, so, so yeah, if you, if you think about one of your kids and something, it could have been from 10 years ago, it could be, uh, you know, something that really stressed you out about them and what they were doing and what, what was your judgment in that moment? So you identify the time, place, and then the thought, the belief that you were thinking. So, well, let's, let's, uh, let's say, can you find a moment, for example, where he doesn't respect me. That's a very common parenting belief that most parents will have. So you, you're, it's dinner time and you say, hey, can you set the table? And you ask your, your son or your daughter to set the table and they're just sitting on their device or they're watching TV or they're reading a book and they just completely blank you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure every parent can, <laughs> can relate to a moment where you ask them to do something and there's nothing, there's just no response, right? So often a place where the mind will go with that situation is to say, he doesn't respect me. He's not respecting me. He's not responding. He's not respecting me. And so that would be the belief we would then take to inquiry. So the first question is, he doesn't respect me. Is it true? And it's just a yes or a no. And you look at that situation. He's sitting on the couch. He's completely ignoring you. He doesn't respect me. Maybe it's a yes. And if it's a yes, then you ask the second question, which is, can you absolutely know he doesn't respect you? And in that moment, then you drop in a little bit. And if you're following with me, you'll kind of go, hmm, you look a little bit deeper and you think, yeah, well, maybe he just, maybe he just is so absorbed in his game or it's a really good TV program and he doesn't want to, to miss it. Or, you know, I can read a book and completely switch off the rest of the, the world. And is it really disrespectful that he's doing? So maybe it's a no. Right. So and it's just a one word answer you, you, with with both those two questions at the beginning. It's just a yes, no, yes, no. And then you go to question three. How do you react? What happens when you believe your child doesn't respect you? How do you react and what happens? And you you start with that moment. You start with that moment in time. So you're standing there, hands on hips. <laughs> raise your voice a little louder, start saying, will you, you know, shouting a bit maybe, um, 
my when I, I'm taking my situation here, my mind goes to all the other times that I've asked them to do things and they haven't responded immediately, like jumped up like good little soldiers. And yes, mummy, what can I do? <laughs> you know, and and I think to the future, it's like, oh, you know, they're never going to get anywhere in life if they don't aren't able to respond properly politely if they aren't able to get up off the couch and oh they have such an addiction to their devices and oh this is and and see the mind will just generate from one little thought he doesn't respect me it it mushrooms into this whole terrible world of parenting and all the different problems and all the different ways in which they don't respect you and how that how terrible that is and it must be something I've done wrong and oh I'm a terrible parent because I haven't raised him right and oh if my mum was here she would do x y and z and you bring in your, your parents in to, to try and parent in a way that you haven't been able to parent and oh my goodness it gets so complicated sounds fascinating yeah I mean it's it's we're just unpacking the minds right and we so often we don't do that as parents because we're so just trying to get from pillar to post in, in, in everyday life that to actually drop in and take a moment in time and relax and go, okay, what is it I'm thinking? And what are the consequences of that thought? And then what can I do when I'm thinking that thought? If I catch myself in that stressful moment is ask question four, which is, who would you be without the thought? If you could just drop that moment, that, that thought in that moment, so he doesn't respect me. So if I just stand there, I've just asked my son to set the table. He's not responding. And I don't have the thought, he doesn't respect me. Then maybe I ask again, but I don't raise my voice. Maybe I actually go over to him and, and get into his visual eyesight because maybe his ears are switched off and I, I kind of flag it. Maybe I ask him, we're going to eat in 15 minutes. Are you okay to set the table before then? So I give him a little window of when he's going to do it and he says yeah sure and I kind of like mm, that's not really you know so exactly so will you do it yeah in three minutes you know to get a little bit more precise with him but at least we're engaging and I'm not being this like you don't respect me kind of responded um parent so there's a there's a dialogue there's an engagement there's more of a connection and maybe I just go, oh, look, he's busy. I'll do it. You know, it gives it gives so much more opportunity. It gives so much more freedom. It's like, well, what's wrong with me doing it? I'm not doing anything other than shouting at my kid. Yeah. <laughs> I might as well put myself to use and set the table. You know, we, we, we get into this power struggle as parents. And I think that, you know, questioning your beliefs really helps bring some equality back to the conversation with our children rather than having it just always that, that power struggle. 
<clears throat> and yes, of course, we're the adult. We need to give direction. We need to hold the space. But I think too often we rest in that position of being the adult and then become bossy with it and become like the authoritarian adult. So, <coughs> excuse me. So that's, that's basically, you know, the four questions. And then the final part of the work is to turn it around. So he doesn't respect me. I don't respect him. So you just switch it. You switch it on its head. I don't respect him. Oh, and in that moment, did I respect the book he was reading or the you know, game he was playing or the TV show he was watching or whatever he was doing? Did I respect that? No, I thought it was less than. I thought the setting the table was more important. It's amazing, the power of reframing something, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And the reframes are lovely because there's, a se there's several different options. So he doesn't respect me. I don't respect him. Then there's, I don't respect myself. So you take it all away from looking at your kid and I don't respect myself. Well, I don't respect myself when I become this screaming banshee of a parent who's going, do the table, do this, do that. Do I want to be that kind of parent? No. And does it help me, you know, do I gain self-respect when I am that kind of parent? No. So I don't respect me is actually more appropriate in that moment. It's like, and what would I need to do to respect me? Or to be kind, to be generous, to think out of the box, to, yeah, to, to, to just relax. Does the table really need setting right in that moment? That respects me, respects him. And then we have respect back in the family and it becomes more of a value that's not being insisted upon, but lived. So if you're in a session, are you talking through specific instances with parents or are you giving them this as a tool to use when they come up against things in day-to-day -day life? Yeah, both. So I'm talking them through to help them practice the questions and we'll take a stressful moment. And it can be something as small as like what I just described. You know, you ask your child to set the table. Um, and usually what I find is honing in on a specific moment like that, it becomes very apparent very quickly. It's like, this is a repeated pattern. Oh, it happens in the moment we're going out the door or trying to get to school. It happens in the moment when it's bedtime, we're trying to get to bed. It happens in the moment. So this thought will travel with you throughout the day and throughout the week of parenting. So what we do is we just take one moment but then once you've looked into that moment, all the other moments start to dissolve as well. So, you know, it works quite magically in that sense. It's like you get the taproot, you get the belief, and then the whole weed can be um, dug out. What kind of issues might I be having as a parent which would make me think of getting in touch with somebody like you and trying this method? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think any time a parent is feeling disconnected from their child and that, they, that they're kind of lost as to what to do and they've, 
if they've tried, you know, various, there's lots of wonderful parenting advice and tips and tools out there to, to help with parenting strategies. But if they keep trying those things and, and, it, and it's still not, and they're still in that very stressful place and they still find themselves coming to kind of the end of the day and, and are anxious and are full of, yeah, not peaceful, not peaceful, then that level of stress usually can be worked on pretty quickly with the work because, because we will tap into those beliefs that are driving the stress and, and undo it. So I suppose then that this is equally applicable to all parents, whether they're dealing with very difficult children, normal children, dare I say it, um, or very complex children, it because it's dealing with the parent, it's helping them deal with whatever comes up. Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, I have had um, I've had parents with kids on the spectrum with autism who they haven't found it so helpful. I mean, they find it helpful to reduce their stress. But I think there's more strategy as well involved and more learning for parents with kids on the spectrum that they could possibly get as well as, you know, I wouldn't say don't, but I mean, for, for kids with a, parents with just like normal kids and temper tantrums and the terrible twos or, you know, the bullshit teenagers or whatever, it's, it's like, it's perfect. For kids who have little more complexity of issues and problems, and you, maybe you're dealing with other health professionals as well, navigating yourself through that, this will be another tool that you can add to whatever else you need to resource yourself with, if that makes sense. There are so many parents that doubt themselves that this sounds yes. like a great way of remembering that you're human and that there are yeah. ways through things. Kathy, if people want to contact you, how do they do it? Yeah, I just say the most common thought that I come across with parents is I'm not good enough. I've done it wrong. They really, really doubt themselves. And I just want to say to all parents, anyone listening to this is you're doing an amazing job really 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 you're doing a fantastic job and nobody gets it right everybody fails it's one of the few jobs where there's no feedback there's no measure there's nothing to well the thing is is we take our children as feedback <laughs> we think oh when be when they're misbehaving or when they're you know we think that's the feedback it's like no <laughs> they're just doing their thing and we have to do ours and if we can become more peaceful, more calm, more self-loving, so have the self-care, which comes from questioning your thoughts, then you will be a better parent, parent to yourself, as well as a parent to your child. So Kathy, how can people get in touch with you if they want to follow this up? Yes, so get in touch with me, joyfulparents.co.uk is the website or kathy at joyfulparents.co.uk. And although you're in Canada, this is offered online, so available to everyone everywhere. 
this is offered uh, to UK people. That's that's my my kind of market. Although I moved to Canada a few years ago, so yeah, I just keep the the UK market open. And because, as as I say, because of the time schedule, I can work evening. I can work UK evening time for parents. That's that's the time. And if people want to just send me an e email and um, book a, a fifteen minute just quick chat, quick call, we can very quickly just ascertain whether this is going to be a tool that works for you or not. Brilliant. Thank you so much for taking the time to share that with me. I've not heard of it. It makes so much sense. And I really think it is a bit that is missing in the way we approach families. Mm. Yeah, well, glad to be a service, Pauline. Lovely, lovely to talk to you. You've been listening to the Helping Hand podcast, connecting families with help and support when they need it. If you want more information or to find a therapist near you, go to helpinghandonline.co.uk. Music